So, um, it's Friday. Day before the well, weekend. Not the day before. It's uh, what, the 25th of what month is it? <laughs> yep. September. September. And what's happening on Monday, Tawny? Well, we get our kids back in the classroom for the first time this school year. Yeah, it's been six weeks. Well, I was, I was thinking since we had kids in the classroom, it's been six months. Oh, it has. March. Like, right? Man. So I, I don't know. I'm kind of curious just to see how you... Let's check in. How do you yeah. feel about it? COVID check-in. <laughs> uh, you know, there's, there's a lot going on in me. I feel like it's the start of the school year, which brings its own anxieties, right? Um, mm -hmm. But there's this other layer where it's, you know, the start of the school year is a familiar routine, but it's not the same. There are other things that we're having to put in place that... Mm -hmm are just things I've never had to think about. Like, how are, how are my students gonna get a drink of water in the classroom? Yep. Or what happens when they have to go to the bathroom? Uh, and keep, things keep coming up too, where I'm like, I, I feel like I've, got, I've thought of everything and then I, I kind of have to just accept that like, I've probably only thought about 50% of it. Absolutely. <laughs> if I can accept that now, <laughs> it's gonna be a lot easier when those things come up and I'm like, oh yeah, I didn't think about that. Right, and we're gonna probably have to troubleshoot and make a lot of decisions on the fly come Monday. I mean, isn't that what um, we do anyways as teachers? <laughs> absolutely. In some ways, I feel like we're really well equipped for this because it's just like what we normally do, but sort of to an extreme. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, um, for, I don't know. For me, I, I, I've been. It's kind of been a roller coaster. Um, you know, earlier in the week, I felt more um, sort of on top of things, and then I think yesterday I sort of hit a low point, and I was freaking out, and I had this kind of existential crisis, and I <laughs> questioned my effectiveness in, in many areas of life, um, namely teaching, um, and then. Today, I think I'm in an okay place. <laughs> like, but this is like, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, this is anxiety you feel kind of every year, right? At the start of the school year. Well, yeah, I mean, I, we always feel this anxiety, yeah. right? But, but like you said, it's, it's, it's different this year. It's, mm -hmm. you know, it's the, op it's the inverse of what we experienced in the spring. Because in the spring, we had relationships with students already established, and then we just were able to kind of transfer them to whatever form of distance learning we each kind of took on. Right. This is like we've established, we've pseudo established relationships with students through a screen. And then now we're meeting them in print. It's like we're meeting like little movie stars or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I've been watching them on the Netflix show every <laughs> single day and now they're actually gonna be in my classroom. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I've been thinking about that so much. Like. Is my perception of so-and-so going to match up when they walk through that door? And down to even very superficial things. Are they going to be as tall as I've imagined them? Are they going to be as reserved as they have been on Zoom? Or is that, you know, another layer that's kept me from getting to know them? Or are they just going to be a totally different kid in the classroom? Right. Well, and we're also going to get them in smaller groups than we would normally have them. Absolutely. You know what I mean? We have like 11, 12 you know, anywhere from like 11 to 14 students per group. So like that's going to change the dynamic. Right. And in a way I feel, you know, and this is where teacher guilt comes in, which is something we all deal with. But like, I feel we're six weeks in and I've every year 
made it a point to like know something special about each one of my kids. You know, and especially as a middle school teacher when you have close to 100 yeah. students, you know, you can only dive in so deep. But I feel like I'm grasping at what I know about them, you know, and, and the things I know about annoy me. Like I know student W, his headphones suck. You know, that's all, that's basically all I know about him. And every time he speaks, I have to lower my volume very quickly. Otherwise, my ears are going to get some scratchy voice or like student C's internet at home, you know, also sucks. <laughs> or, you know, student RJ always loves to talk. And I'm frustrated that that is all I know about them. It's all Zoom related. Um, and, and not that I haven't learned things about some of them, but it's not where I normally want to be six weeks into the school year. Yeah, but you 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 know something about them, and you know their names, and you have a face, and so I don't know. Like it, it, when 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 we, you know, when you give a student a text to read, or you're going to read a, a text to a student, you know, best practice is to background uh, to activate background knowledge, and like if students have background <laughs> knowledge like like uh, like available to them going into a text, then they're more likely to engage and understand. I feel like that's w what you're describing. You have background knowledge about student W, student C, student RJ. So when they come into the room, you're like primed to get to know them even more than if it was like the first day of school and you don't know the name, you don't know the face, you're, start, like you're not starting from zero. That's true. You know, you're starting mm -hmm. from, you know, you're at 40 miles an hour instead of 60 or, you know, there's something. Right. And I think that they will be different. Some of them will be exactly the same. I'm, I'm, like, I'm pretty sure that I've, I've, I've got a pulse on like who are gonna be my participators, who are gonna be the very verbal ones. But in the spring, I had students that were so like lively and, and um, engaged in the classroom. And then on Zoom, it was like, they were like the student equivalent of tofu. Like it was like they were there, but they didn't really offer anything. Like you know, they they, they maybe they did their work, maybe they didn't. But like all of that that spirit and the thing that I loved about them, I knew it was still there. I just didn't see it. And then on the flip side of that, I had students who were really reserved in the classroom. But something about not having their peers in the same space with them, looking at them, and being able to like turn off their screen is that like suddenly they, their participation was greater than I'd ever seen it. So I have to believe that we're gonna see some students flip, some Absolutely. students, you know. Yeah, I saw a lot of the same stuff in the spring as well. And in fact, I had one mom reach out to me and, and in the classroom, her son just deals with very high ADHD issues. And so, you know, paying attention in the classroom was always a struggle for him. And that affected everything from his social interactions to his academics, to his follow through with mm -hmm. organization and about, I want to say, like two or three weeks into the spring after we shut down, this mom emailed me and said, you know, my son is thriving right now because he has complete control over when he wants to dig in and when yep. he wants to take a break. And his grades soared. Mm -hmm. um, he was asking really great questions on Zoom and through email. And he became suddenly a kid I wasn't worried about. Whereas in the classroom, in the classroom you were. it was, he was always on my radar for yeah. like, let's pull him into a small group. Let me check in with him. Let's email mom. So it's really interesting, you know, the way the, the learning platform does affect the way you learn, you know, and on the flip side, I had a lot of students who in the classroom wanted to engage with me. Um, but in the spring, the last thing they wanted to do was have their face, face magnified on Zoom in front of their peers. So, and, and I know that that's not, 
unique to my classroom. That's across the board. Everybody's no, I mean, I, I had students that last year that were really, uh, like, one of their driving motivators was, was uh, you know, a positive attention from, from adults. And they were awesome in the classroom because I could just give them, a, give them posit that positive reinforcement, and they were doing it for me. But as soon as that was no longer available in the way that they were used to receiving it, like it wasn't just all day long anytime I wanted to acknowledge them I could like it was restricted to zoom or maybe an email like their motivation to to do their assignments and stuff just it it was gone absolutely and and how how tedious was it to just even have that basic communication that you could do in the classroom right there God, it added so much to my workload. Yes. Because I was like, okay, all the comments, that feedback that I would usually give them in the moment, like, you know, those, those hushed, you know, crouched desk side comments, um, just little, you know, one or two sentences, I'm now typing as feedback on Google Classroom and I'm not even sure if they're going to read it. Right. Right? Like, it's, I'm putting it out. <laughs> and, but I still feel this, I feel compelled, like, I need to do this, like, because that's what, like, that's the best tool that we have as teachers is right. feedback. It's there waiting for them just in case they do click on the comment button. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I mean, this we're kind of looking back, mm -hmm. right? We're reflecting. Um, how, I mean, let's, let's look forward. Like, let's look forward. Yeah, so these six weeks, man. I feel like there's, a, there's been just as much good as there has been frustrating moments. Um, I'm going to start with a good one because okay. that makes me happy. Um, so one of my favorite moments this, these past six weeks was kind of like it started off as a really hard moment with my kids. And it, it came down to I was noticing this huge trend of, of only about 20% work completion. Mm -hmm. And, <clears throat> you know, with all the just with all the layers of misunderstanding and you know, self-accountability that we're asking these 10, 11-year-olds to have in sixth grade, um, I, I waited to have this conversation of late work and like why things right. aren't getting done. But it came to a point where there was enough kind of, I hate to use the word coddling, I don't think that's the right word because that, that implies that this is not hard, you know, but okay. there, there was definitely a lot of second, third, fourth, fifth chances on the same assignments. And let's reestablish how we turn something in. And so there came a point where I had to draw this really hard line with my kids and say, I'm not really sure what's happening. Um, but I've learned through trial and error that coming out and accusing a student of what you already know to be true, yeah. never, it just doesn't work, no, no. right? Well, and, and not even just students, like colleagues, yes, <laughs> people. Exactly. This, is, this is a human skill that's exactly. really good to have. <laughs> Exactly. And so I already knew what was happening. Video games, music, TV, or just straight up other things that they wanted to do during work time. Mm -hmm. And so I started off the conversation just saying, guys, I'm noticing that we're not getting our assignments done. So I want to know what am I not doing to help you? Like, I, I feel like there's a, a breakdown in communication and I'm missing something. What's going on? You know, and I opened up the chat. And I say, you don't have to make a public comment. You can comment to me privately. It's going to stay just between you and I, but tell me what I'm missing. And if you want to make it public to feel, to see if anybody else agrees with you, go for it. Yeah. Um, and the comments just started flooding in. And it was, 
Um, what was I, it? Like? <laughs> I was expecting like, I don't know this, I don't know that. It was, I understand how to do everything. I know how to use Google Classroom. No, your instructions are very clear. And I'm going, okay, okay. And so I make this kind of general summary statement to my class on Zoom and I say, so guys, the feedback I'm getting is that we, we know what to do. We know where to find our assignments. Yeah. We know how to turn them in. What am I missing? What's going on? And the confessions just start pouring in. Um, I'm watching TV. I have music on in the background. Got um, YouTube up in a tab. Yes, I'm, pl I'm yeah. playing a game. And you know, th they know that their name's attached to their comment, even when they send it to yeah, me privately. privately. Right, right. And I was just, I think I was both impressed with their ability to self-reflect and also shocked that they were this blatantly honest, that like, I'm like one kid was like I watched The Office during asynchronous time. <laughs> <laughs> like okay, like would that I could. That sounds <laughs> great. <laughs> and so you know, again, they surprised me in no way, shape, or form with their confessions. But it gave me a jumping-off point of like, you gave me feedback. Now let's talk about what this means. You know, and and I could have gone the route of like. You guys need to be more responsible. You need to da 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 da. Yeah. And instead, I just writ like, I've already said that 20 million ways these past three or four weeks at this point. And so I instead, I decided to put it back on them. Like, what do you need? How is how can I help you? And because I and I, I literally said to them, I cannot crawl through my screen and sit with you. And when you come back into the classroom, I think a lot of these issues will yeah. go away. Right. Um, but for now, I'm, I feel like I'm failing you as a teacher because I don't know how to help you. And they came up with um, staying on as a class during asynchronous time and not logging off. And like we voted on it, it almost unanimously passed. And so that's what we started doing on async time where they would normally run off to go listen to music, watch the office or- Not do what they're supposed to do. Right, they, um, they stayed on. Were, and they, were, there, were there summer cameras off, I'm sure? Right? Yeah, yeah, you know, we, we talked about, you know, having your camera on adds a level of accountability, but there were definitely some kids who kept it off and I didn't, I didn't fight that battle. Um, but I definitely saw work completion rise. Also, my pile of late assignments like skyrocketed, and I'm still digging out yeah, of them. Yeah, because they went back and. Yeah, but I got them, whereas before I didn't have them. So um, I just thought that was a really cool moment. Um, these last. What six I weeks. love about that moment is is not really as much the 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 fact that you know work completion got better. Like so, there's sort of like the the immediate problem that it solved, but there was like a larger thing that happened there, and that was this like. This this self reflection, but also like you know the, a vulnerability, the kind of that you share. Like adults, we, I mean, we, it's so easy to just try to solve the problem for the kid. What does a kid need? I think they, I think I know what they need. Here, all, this is what we're going to do to fix it. One of my favorite ways of going about solving a problem in the classroom is to like ask this child, like, yes, what should we do? We can like first you have to agree that there's a problem. Right, which which you did. Like the kids agreed. Like okay, there's problem to find. Yeah, I don't have the answer necessarily just because I'm adult, an adult. And I think that models to them too that like, you know, adults aren't perfect, and it's it's giving them so much. Um, I mean, it's really showing that you trust and care about them enough. Like you don't ask someone what they need if you don't care about them. Absolutely. You know, a lot of these kids probably aren't used to people asking them like okay what, what do you need it's probably a lot of um probably a lot of being told what 
<laughs> what they need to do. Or <laughs> right, follow no. these rules. Um, you know, make sure you hit X, Y, and Z on my list. Absolutely. Um, and I also think it models just critical thinking on their part. You know, where they are, they're asked to solve solve their own problems. You know, which is what we want them to do when they well, become that, adults. Yeah, that's the thing. So that's like there was this, this larger outcome of that. And it's also interesting because it should be noted that, like, it's always interesting to talk to you about your students because since I teach fifth grade and you <laughs> teach sixth grade, you know, I know these students that you're talking about. And I will say that that, that, that was a particularly reflective group. Like, they, that's kind of the dynamic that they had. Absolutely. Um, but I think it really applies to, to all groups of students. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could do that with any, any age, any, like, what's, what? ideas we have for how we can solve this problem. Right, and arguably, like, if you do have a tough class, that is the way oh, to win their yes. hearts. Oh, yes. Well, <laughs> I mean, the class prior to this one, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we both had them, and, you know, I don't think I realized how tough they were until after I had them. I was like, oh, wow, that was, uh, like, and I did that a lot with them. Absolutely. When you give them a place to voice their thinking, which is, you know, kind of what Common Core is and IB and yeah. Montessori and, and yeah, all of yeah, these, yeah, like, yeah. They're you shades know, of the same color. Absolutely. You're, you're, you're trying to discover a way for them to find their voice. But if you don't give them a place to use it, it's never going to actually happen. So. Well, I have to say, like, sometimes they come up with solutions to things. And I'm like, wow, I would have not thought of that. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. It, that was a very insightful um solution that you just uh, put forth there that I don't think that I would have come up with. Absolutely. I, you know, like it, it's, yeah, that is a cool moment. Mm -hmm. It was. So uh, what about you, these last six weeks? Um, you know, I think to me, it, it, there's the teacher guilt just that like, in the classroom, I'm so focused on the sinkers or the students that I think might be sinking. You know, it's like I, I, I try to quickly identify, like, who's swimming fine? Great. And then where are my sinkers? Who's struggling? And then there's my small group. There's my individual conferences. Um, in Zoom, it's frustrating because I feel like the exact opposite has to be the case. I, I can't concern myself with, like, who's not on, like, because I will go crazy. Everything, I mean, t most teachers are control freaks. Um, <laughs> we have high level of control in our classroom, and we've, we've like, given up all of that these last six weeks I mean, more so than in the spring i think because i think in the spring we were all still just kind of like freshly you know in in early stages of pandemic and like not really knowing how long things were going to last Absolutely. and like like now we're all a little bit more like hardened and <laughs> i don't want to say cynical but we're just like you know we're, we, we've adapted and we're coping differently um so it's been really i've, I've been feeling guilty that that there's this this set of students that I'm like, I could do so much for this child or these children if they were in class, but I, I don't know that there's anything more I can do with them in Zoom. Absolutely. Um, so that's, I don't know, that's, that's a, I guess, a glass half empty. Um, but I think a very relevant feeling as well, like you're, I think you're vocalizing what a lot of teachers are feeling right now. And I mean, you're, you hit the nail on the head. Like we are, we're good at our job because you know, you call us control freaks, which I think is true, but really what it is is we're observant of our environment and we're observant of what needs to be done and that's what makes you a good teacher. And so to observe something through Zoom and not be not, able to address it. it. Well, exactly. It's kind of like what you said at the beginning, what you were saying about, um, you know, making quick 
decision, like like on the just spot. on the fly. Like that's exact. That that's that's a form of control. Like knowing that whatever comes at you, you can like you're ready to to respond. Right. Um. And, and then that's like, I mean, the first day of school this year. For oh, me. I remember. I think I told you about it. I mean, when share, like please. half of my, more than half of my class. I mean, I took 45 minutes just for my kids to get on Zoom. And I just, over the weekend, I had, I was giving out that Zoom link to like, to friends and relatives. Just being like, <laughs> try this. I want to make sure it works. Try it. Like password, no password. Like I thought I had it ironclad. And like, isn't that just like the great joke of 2020 is like, Absolutely. right when you think you got it all figured out, it, you know. And for you, like. Just knowing how um, how much you dig into technology and how how much I come to you. Right, I'm a tech savvy yes. person. So are you. So like to then to have to the, that be the very thing that <laughs> is my demise. Like, <laughs> On day one. Oh my gosh, how poetic is that? Like, jeez. <laughs> yeah. There's like an Alanis Morissette song about irony that needs to be written about that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 the tech savvy oh, teacher having the tech issues on day one of distance right. learning. Oh man! But, but I, that's you're totally right. That's is it sums up 2020 absolutely. It does. But I also think that I've just been working on these these six weeks of just going. Okay, I'm just going to accept. And and I've really been trying to model that for my students because my students get all like 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 frustrated that Zoom's logging them off, and I'm just like, hey everyone, like. It, I'm in the same boat. We are in this boat together. And, and thinking about Monday, like, I've never had to condense a day of teaching into two and a half hours. Right. You know, we're doing this <laughs> hybrid model, AM, PM split. I don't know what that's like. They have, they don't either. Right. So I, I think that looking forward, I'm going to try to really approach this from a place of, like, of, of vulnerability, transparency. Um, I had this moment today. You know, we had our like final little Zoom meeting. We were just had a meeting this morning, and then we got the rest of the day to like set up our rooms because we're having physical students. And I, I was fielding questions about you know Monday, what to bring, where to line up, and masks and this and that. And I was like, all right, well, if there's no more questions, um, then I'm gonna end the meeting so that I can set up the room for you all. And just like I was smacked in the face with the motion, like out of nowhere, just completely blindsided. And I was like, and you're all going to see Mr. Dance cry right now. (laughs) (laughs) And just because, I guess it was in that moment that I realized that the stress that I articulated having yesterday and all the stress that I've been having this week. Or for the last six weeks. Sure. (laughs) Is there for a very good reason. It's, It's there because of how much I care about these kids. Absolutely. And I ended that Zoom session still feeling stress, but going... This is, I, I can feel this. I can, I, I can handle this for them. It, it's not right. stress because I know that I, like, I've got more than I can handle. It's, it's stress because I care so much about them. Having not even really met all of them yet. Right. That I, I want to do them right, I, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I don't know, that moment was, I mean, I'm a big fan of, of, of letting them see, you know, oh, yeah. adults you know, I don't want to say struggle, but, but just adults be human beings and not, you know, Well, and process feelings. Yeah, exactly. I love that you didn't, like, turn Zoom off or end the meeting quickly or even just, like, pretended it wasn't happening and, like, you addressed it with them. And I think that's a, a very powerful thing to show young people is that, like, it's okay to cry and it's okay to, to be in the moment with something that's hard. I think a lot of 
um, stress comes from the society of perfection and like being able to deal with something and move on. But rarely do we allow ourselves to sit in the chaos. And I think that's what you were doing in that moment because there were a lot of good feelings mixed with a lot of the stress that you've had lately. And, yeah. and you know, sometimes something as complex as that can only be processed with some tears. Oh, yeah. And yeah, totally. Well, and I also think that for me, it, you know, because for a lot of teachers, they're wor- they, they, they have legitimate health concerns about, you know, Absolutely. school reopening because, you know, I, either they are at risk or they, they have someone in their family who's at risk or just everyone is valid and justified in however they feel about the situation Absolutely. right now. I'm not totally judging right. anyone. Um, but for me personally, I was like, I, I have a feeling that if there was like, you know, nuclear war happening, I would still be like, I gotta get into the classroom. Like, I got like, <laughs> yeah. I, it made me realize that that's I, that's, and I recognize that not every teacher's that way. But like, you know, I hear stories about you know third world countries and you know the commitment to education that students and teachers have that like, in spite of you know bombs going off around them, they're, they're still like fighting their way to the schoolhouse. Like, I guess that's how I feel about returning to the classroom in the middle of a pandemic. Is like, yeah, it's not ideal for sure, and. Uh, and can a lot of things go wrong? Yes. yes and will they? <laughs> Probably. Right. Um, but I can't fathom. I can't fathom it being any other way. I don't know. Yeah. These last six weeks have proven that some some kids just cannot learn this way. And it's really hard. What, you know what I'm really looking forward to? And I'm really excited to see what happens is, you know, there's been a call for smaller class sizes yeah. for years, for years. Um, and I've always thought, you know, curriculum packages jam way more than any thorough teacher could oh, yeah, ever yeah, yeah. get through. And so, you know, this whole pandemic um, and just c- coming back into the classroom is, is, I hate to say solve because they're not, but they are addressing both of those things simultaneously, right? We are slowing down in curriculum mm-hmm. and we are s- we're cutting class sizes in half. And a lot of people are worried and, and I am, am one of them, mm-hmm. but I don't think I'm fully worried because I'm waiting to see do they actually do kids soak up more because of the smaller numbers and the slower pace and so I'm excited to see what comes from that well and yeah like sure we only have them for two and a half hours but you know teaching 11 kids for two and a half hours right well and I realize actually I, I should I should clarify that I, I'm speaking very much that's my situation your situation is a little bit more similar to what they would I mean you get them for like your periods are now 43 minutes or something yeah roughly 43 minutes but the class sizes are still less than half right right so I guess that's the thing like it'll be you know no one would like it would have been unfathomable to unfathomable unfathomable and un, un, yeah. un, there's a prefix there that I email us if yeah. you know the answer um, <laughs> to have like experimented with this under normal circumstances like nobody in their right mind would have been like hey let's send the kids <laughs> let's send kids to school for only like like half the time that we normally would and, and half the number of kids like it just no, but no like it takes a pandemic to like attempt that and come up with a creative solution that that may lead to like a paradigm shift in the way school like what's happens. gonna be yeah I mean I felt that way in the spring too about report cards because it was like how do we how do we do report cards you know distance learning and we our district adopted you know they they chose to do this kind of narrative format of like you know you write a little blurb but I didn't find it to be that much more work but I was finding myself going I like if I was a parent this is vastly more helpful than just this like number scale or grades like there's a narrative because 
there should be a narrative. Like students are not numbers, they're people. They're well, more complex than a mark on a page. Absolutely, and I mean. Or a pre-populated comment. <laughs> <laughs> true, true, and, and if you think about the kind of feedback you give in class, it's much more than numbers, so how much more important is it to give that same kind of feedback to parents? Now, I, I recognize like in middle school, that becomes a, a huge challenge, specifically oh, for teachers with like 150 students. Oh man, that's you know. Um, you, so well, you guys gave normal report cards, though, right? We gave normal report cards. Well, yeah, I think in middle school that makes a little bit more sense, but like in, the, you know, in these early years, it's like I, there's something rubs me the wrong way sometimes about grading them, you know, giving them a report card grade. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, we've reflected on you know where we've been, talked a little bit about where we're going. Um, Advice, Tavis, what do you think? Any advice for teachers going into this next part of the school I mean, year? I think we've kind of alluded to some of it. I mean, just the, the transparency, the, you know, I, 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 I think that transparency is kind of the answer to everything. Like, yeah. like and c communication, right? Like, communicate to your students that you're not sure how this is going to go, or you're not sure if you planned enough, or, or right. you know, right. I don't know, what would you say? Um, the one thing I've been thinking about, especially for, you know, the, the animal that is the middle school student, mm -hmm. um, I think these social moments are going to be huge for them. Uh, that's what they're craving. That's what they crave normally in a, in a regular under, old school under year. Under normal circumstances. Absolutely. Yeah. They want to be with their friends and they want to be left alone, you know. Um, and, and so I, I'm looking for places to build in moments to just let them enjoy each other, you know, and still stay on track with curriculum, still you know, have high expectations for learning to happen. But, you know, some of the getting to know you activities or even just bonding activities of first week, I'm recognizing probably need to extend a little bit more than just the quote unquote beginning of the school year because they've been without friends for six months. Um, yeah. So. And they're just going to want to hug each other and. <laughs> right, right. There's going to be a lot of like air hugs, you know, six feet apart. But I think a way to make sure that's not an uphill battle is giving them what they need you know and if you know our district is really really um, looking at social and emotional learning which I know a lot of districts are as well that's you another know, one of those like like <laughs> it takes a pandemic for everyone to be like oh yeah social emotional learning is really important totally <laughs> I think a lot of us have been saying this for years and and I I'm all credit anyone at the district level Absolutely. would admit that too but a lot of times what's said and what is implemented there's you know, but right. I feel like for the first time in a long time, it's like there seems to be, I mean, we were told like we have to do a morning meeting. We right. have to do, like even on an asynchronous day, that's got to be in person. And I was Absolutely. like, thank you. Absolutely. I mean, the same in the middle school level, we have these kind of morning meetings where that are called focus periods, mm -hmm. you know, and it's it helps us focus, you know, with what kids need, how they're doing and so that's just what I'm thinking is how, where am I going to, you know, get curriculum through, but also have these moments of care for who they are, their little hearts. And I think integration is another thing, like, you know, mm -hmm. when you can't teach for as long, I mean, you're a little different because you teach, you know, well, but you teach language arts and social studies, you can integrate those, but like, yeah. I'm realizing like everything I do, I want infused with a social, social emotional learning you know, outcome or goal. Absolutely. Um, and in addition to integrating, you know, subject areas just to be efficient, like 2020 is year of smarter, right. not harder. <laughs> right, because there's so many other harder things to deal well, with. Well, and how about the, you know, there's the buzzword self-care. 
<sighs> which is I feel like that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> I, I think it probably is, uh, but it, it it is interesting that the times when it's needed the most are the times when it's hardest to do, okay. and that's kind of like yes, that's kind of like. I know that I need to address those needs in myself when I'm go, there's absolutely no <laughs> possibility that I could do that. That's that, you know, uh, it's like the kids that are the most, the hardest to love are the ones that need the most love. Absolutely. It's the same kind of deal. It's like this paradoxical thing. So, I mean, I had this moment the other day, you know, when you, so for all of you listening, Tavis and I and another colleague, we do these, um, or we attempt to do these Try. weekly yoga um, sessions where we're all in our own rooms and we turn on Zoom and Tavis um, shares a yoga video. Or you, yeah, yeah, a yoga video shared. Right, and we all turn our cameras off and our mics off, but there's this accountability piece. And the other day, um, you know, Tavis and our colleague were like, okay, you know, three o'clock yoga, and I felt almost rage. Like, no, I have so many other things to do right now. I, do you see the boxes in my classroom? I have 79 emails right now. And, but I kind of just bit my lip and I'm like, okay, you committed, do it, do it. And it's a 20 minute It was 20, video. I know. 20 minutes. I know. 20 minutes that I'm like angry over, you know, but I ended up doing it and like halfway through, I'm almost like, I, I'm nowhere near tears, but I just feel this like, longing for more yeah. like oh my gosh i didn't realize how much i needed this so to your point yeah self-care we could talk about that a lot but it's, i mean we should come back to it at a later time for sure yeah and and all the different forms that it takes right um but yeah well um should we contextualize just briefly like what why we were even having this conversation yeah sure so um we have this awesome colleague zoe she's a, a ta here on our campus and um I can't even remember really what led up to this conversation, but she kind of threw out there like, you know, you and Tavis, you should start a podcast. Cause well, because we, these are, this is like, this is a normal conversation that we yes. have on a regular basis. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Like, so it, we, we're having these conversations anyways. Right. And so I think that was kind of the impetus for her suggesting that. Right. And, and Zoe too, to kind of just contextualize her perspective, she's going through the credential program mm -hmm. right now. So she is she's thirsty mm -hmm. for advice she's thirsty for for new ideas and and ways to be inventive um and innovative so i think also just just her perspective on like where can i go to just hear some real life not credential textbook information but some real life applicable teacher knowledge so. not not even to not even because we have that knowledge as much <laughs> but we like to talk about it we, do. we like, <laughs> we to, like to seek it out <laughs> And problem solve, like there's so many times, like our conversations start with, okay, I don't know what to do here, Tavis. <laughs> and then we just start you know, back and forth. So that's, that's kind of where this idea started. Hopefully, you know, this last 40 minutes or 30 minutes. I think we intended for it to be 20, but. <laughs> yeah, we're, <laughs> we're gonna get better at it, but I, I hope this was enjoyable. You know, we, we're, um, We'd love some feedback. Tavis, you want to speak about that a little? Yeah, I mean, we've been thinking like, what could we call this? What, what, like, what are some topics that we could tackle? Um, we've even been talking about how to involve students in this process, because right. I think that both of us were like, we love this idea, but we were like, ugh, taking on one more thing, because like, you know, you record <laughs> this thing, but going then- down. <laughs> exactly. You record this thing, but then there's a production side of like, you know, you gotta find the catchy music at the beginning and right. then figure out how you wanna deliver it. Like, are you gonna put it on something like iTunes or just keep it internal? Um, so we've, we've even talked about how to involve students in that process. Yeah. So I guess um, 
what what we would ask the larger community is like how could this be something that could be useful right like and, like and if you have ideas for names or um, do you want to tell them the name we've been thinking of well you know we both have names <laughs> that start with t and so you know i, I think we both love cheesy puns <laughs> <laughs> and so like there's this like tnt like it's, it's kind of uh, kind of obvious but but I don't know. I, I sort of envision these being a little bit more inquiry-based right. and less explosive. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, you know. Blowing the question up or something. Yeah, that's, I don't know. That's I, not a good one. <laughs> but, well, I had mentioned, like, something like, you know, in, like, in, like inside the teacher's lounge or right. something, something to that effect. So if you have ideas, please let us know. Email us. Um, if you think, even if your idea is that this is not a good idea, <laughs> I don't think that we would scoff at um, being told that we could check something off of our list. Right, right. <laughs> Go about your lives. Yeah, yeah. We're not, we don't have so much pride that it's like this has to happen. But, Absolutely. Um, since we have these conversations anyways, yeah. we thought it might be kind of useful to document them. Yeah, and just for reference, uh, my email is treinhardt. Tavis's email, however, jdans, not tdans, jdans. And both at buckeyeusd.org. So questions, suggestions, and any of your thoughts, send them our way. Thanks, guys. Signing off. Yep. <laughs>